Welcome to Caring for the Future. In this podcast, we ask the big questions to tackle the care sector's most difficult challenges. I am your host, Richard Keyes. As founder and CEO of 2IC Care, I champion the role that a modern solution can play to create better care outcomes. Season one of Caring for the Future is focused on preparing the UK care sector for the analog to digital transition. We will cover a range of topics, including building a digital strategy, future-proofing your service, building a business case for tech-enabled care, and much more. In each episode, I'll be speaking to an expert in their field to tackle the difficult questions head-on. Andy, by 2IC Care, is the digital solution that uses interoperability and insights to bring telecare and telehealth together. Andy is the essential companion to a tech-enabled care team and allows service users to live independent and exciting lives at home and on the go. For our first episode, we are asking how and why tech-enabled care providers and commissioners should build a digital strategy. I'm pleased to introduce my first guest, James Lampert, who is Head of Innovation and Partnerships at NRS. James, thanks for joining me. Why don't you tell, tell me a little bit more about your background? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Richard, very much for inviting me along. Um, like you say, I'm James Lampert. I'm Head of Innovation and Partnerships for Technology-Enabled Care at NRS Healthcare. Um, so uh, I've been involved um, in, the, in the tech space um, probably since about the year 1999, so at the turn of the century. I'm an occupational therapist by background, uh, qualified in the mid-90s, and have, have used technology throughout my whole career. Um, I've been, um, I've got some experience as well uh, working in the main with local authorities um, on um, the commissioning side, uh, as well as managing occupational therapy teams. So I, I really got interested in technology-enabled care um, probably about 10 years ago now and uh, ended up as, as part of my role as a commissioner with a large local authority actually commissioning a technology-enabled care service um, and I had big ambitions for what that would achieve at the time and uh, in my experience it didn't quite come to fruition uh, and so I took the leap almost five years ago now to actually move provider side uh, because I thought there's much more I could do from within the industry to try and uh, try and nudge it along in the right direction so that we can get better outcomes for people. Okay, so let's get to today's question. How and why tech-enabled care providers and commissioners should build a digital strategy? With the decommissioning of the analog telecoms network, the UK care sector has been driven to implement digital solutions largely by the end of 2025. The challenges of analog to digital transition are on every telecare stakeholder's mind. For some tech services, this change is welcomed and even exciting. It represents an opportunity to improve, modernise and future-proof their services. For others, this change is daunting and arduous. So whichever side of the fence or somewhere in between that a tech provider or a commissioner falls, all providers and commissioners need to be thinking hard about having a digital strategy in place to ensure the decisions they are making align with the goals that they wish to achieve. So James, a digital strategy, um, clearly a digital strategy, some people will be really daunted by that terminology and even those that do know what a digital strategy is or feel like you do, it means different things to different people. So I'd really like to, to talk to you about what, what are the opportunities of the, the transition and wh- where do you see a digital strategy taking its, uh, it, where, where is it important? 
Okay. So I, th- I think from from my perspective, a digital strategy, like, like you say, it can, can mean lots of things to different people. I think that providers and commissioners both need to have their own types of strategy. Um, at s- some points, elements of the strategy are going to be different because there are different organisational needs, but there also needs to be... Um, a, a crossover um, you can almost imagine like a Venn diagram with two circles there's there's something in the middle where, where both things need to meet um, and I guess the other thing that needs to be considered is around what is the scope of a digital strategy so depending on where you sit in the organization you might have different perspectives on what that is if we're talking about technology enabled care and if, if I were safe were to put myself in the shoes of a, a local authority or a, an NHS commissioner Digital can mean lots of different things, and very often you you, you can ki- kind of get sidetracked down the line of having electronic case notes, or you know communication by email, very basic stuff. But actually, what we're talking about here is around how you can use technology to enable people to live um, healthy and, and well lives. So it's about what what's the focus of of that, and what's within the scope of your strategy. And for me as well, there's. If you got have if if you have a strategy, a strategy is no good unless there's actually a plan that sits alongside it, and um, because otherwise it's just words on a page. So it, it needs to be a, a, a live document that in, involves all the stakeholders as well, and um, at the very least you've got to include um, a, well a whole set of people. So people which are going to be impacted by the strategy. So first of all, starting off with people. So how are you going to involve um, people that live in your your local area, your population? People maybe who draw on care and support services, people who use NHS services, families and, and friends. How do you get them involved in co-producing that strategy? You've certainly got to engage and involve practitioners at the front line because whatever happens, if you're thinking big, it's going to impact their practice. You need to get them on board because they're the first people that are going to scupper it. You know, you can, you can have the best strategy and the best plan in the world, um, but if you haven't got your practitioners on board and engaged with it, um, it's a dead duck. You've got to have senior leadership buy into it as well. Um, you know, decision makers that are also going to put um, the money where their mouth is as well. So again, you've got to have great ambitions, um, but also you've got to have um, the resources in the right place. doesn't necessarily mean more resources. If you're really smart, it might mean less resources to do this. But you've got to, you've got to put money into building um, the foundations of a, 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 a good digital... Um, I guess a, a baseline for some organisations to, to, to start off from and then accelerate from there. I think that's really interesting, James. I think what, what you've just said is it's not something that the business can throw over to their technical people and say, this is your problem. No, no, it's not. It's not, it's not an IT problem. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. you, might, you might need some good IT people to help you with it, but it's not an IT problem. As a computer scientist, of course, I'm, I'm only interested in whether things are in the cloud or, or what have you. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm very... Uh, and and I guess with people, then you're talking about culture change as well, and how, what's the impact on people's jobs, the way in which they do things are going to change. That's I right. Guess. And I th- I think in my experience, I mean I, I've worked now for NRS Healthcare for the last five years, and, and say prior to that, I had a job in um, commissioning for six years, and it's it is all about how you change care pathways and how you get practitioners to think differently. And we're starting to hear the language now of um, data led practice. Um, certainly within within social care, that's a relatively new kind of concept. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting because 
we talked before about this this transition from analog to digital, but that's just the trigger, isn't it? It's not it, that that doesn't form a digital strategy because you swap out some analog hubs for a few digital hubs. No, yeah. that's uh, I mean, if you were to do that, it's a really basic strategy. It's almost it's almost just a plan, isn't it? Without a strategy, um, if you if you were to just to swap existing analog um, teddy care equipment for a, a digital device which just does the same thing. If you don't take the the opportunity which is presented to us now to do something different, and given, I mean, we all if we listen to the news and you know you you watch the TV, we know the crisis position that, that the health and social care um, organisations across the whole of the UK are facing at the moment. This technology's got to play a part in helping resolve that. We've got huge number of vacancies in the care world. Um, we've got a shortage of of funds. So technology has to play a part in resolve, and, and of course, a growing, a growing population of the elderly. You know, I think it's grown by about fifty percent in the next twenty years of the over sixty fives. So it's absolutely vital that we have a solution that can scale up from where we are today. It will do, and, and like you say, Richard, there's as uh, good evidence to show there's, there's something like one hundred sixty-seven thousand vacancies in, um, in in care just today. That's you amazing, know, and that and that's going to that's going to grow over the course of the next few years. So um, th- this certainly isn't about technology replacing work for people. This is around using technology in a really smart way to support the care sector and the health sector and to enable people to live the lives that they want to lead. Great. So we, we talked before about um, what is that, that word digital. It's a wee, I always think it's a bit of a misnomer. It, a lot of it's about transferring data or the ability to get hold of more data and using that data to better affect to drive better outcomes and reduce cost. Is that the fu- fundamentals of a, of a digital strategy? Is what data are you going to get, how are you going to get it, and what are you going to do with that information? I think that probably is the basis of it. I mean, the, the, um, the, the magic bullet in all this is if, if you're working um, in either as a practitioner or as a commissioner in a local authority or NHS organisation, how am I going to keep the people that I'm responsible for safe? And how do I know when I'm not there... Because, you know, actually having people there with, with, with eyes on them is but a small part of that person's life. How can you keep them safe when I'm, when I'm not around? Um, how can you enable them and their families to, to know that they're safe um, and, and living their best lives when we're not around? So you've got to be able to access that data and they've got to be able to access that data, um, which in turn can give you some information and some insights about what's going on. It can tell you if things are changing for them. It can give you reassurance that you know, everything's okay. Um, but if, if something is changing or changing for the worse, isn't it better to know about that sooner rather than later? You're absolutely right. And that's, that's really poignant for me, having uh, lived 12,500 miles away from my parents as they got elderly. It was a really impossible task. And it was originally the, the genesis of why 2IC Care started was just because you couldn't get information um, from either them, because they didn't want to upset you, from care homes or carers, it, um, it was really difficult. So I think that's really fascinating. So James, we've talked a lot about data and information, and what do you see are the biggest challenges in, in trying to set up a digital strategy? Okay, I mean, the, the, the biggest challenges, I think, I mean, from, from a provider side, it's probably fairly straightforward um, because, like you, this is what we do. It's our it's our bread and butter. Lots of people thinking about this stuff every day, and so we know 
where we might want to um, take the way that we are going to be delivering our services um, and we are you know, thinking about how can we be ahead of the curve so that we create services which people want to use and that commissioners want to buy or people themselves, you know, as individuals um, might want to buy for themselves or their families. So in some ways that's, that's a little bit more straightforward. But I think from a commissioner's perspective, um, because this isn't what you do every day as part of your, you know, your, your day-to-day work necessarily, um, you might have a whole portfolio of different sorts of health or care services which you're responsible for. Um, p- commissioners don't necessarily have the, that detailed knowledge and understanding and insight to understand what it is that they do want to buy. Very good at understanding what the general needs of their populations are uh, and in local areas. Um, very good at understanding the, sort of the wider care sector and some of the challenges which are faced around access to um, good standard domiciliary care or even an hour, enough hours of care. Um, the impact of um, the availability of residential or nursing care beds, the availability of extra care um, housing and other housing solutions. But actually, where does technology fit within that and what kind of technology solutions do you need to buy for your populations to, to get the best outcomes? Um, and there's a, there's a plethora of, of, of different um, providers out there and every day that goes by, there, there are um, different technology solutions on the market. It's really fast changing and actually being able to keep up to, to speed with all of that. Is is a, is a, is one of the big challenges, and understanding who's good and who isn't, who's um, who's going to be sustainable into the future, um, who's who's got um, the capability to be agile and respond to what commissioners um, need need to buy and to, to those changing needs. So, one of the things that we do at NRS Healthcare, we we don't actually have our own um, technology solutions, but what we do is work with the wider market. Um, so we're members of UK Telehealthcare and um, the Tech Services Association, um, and, and as a major um, provider of technology-enabled care services in the UK, you know we, we're also having regular conversations on a day-to-day basis with a range of different technology providers. So we like to think that we we understand who are the who are the um, good organisations to work with in the marketplace. Um, we've got some insights into what their roadmaps are and. Um, the different um, uh, developments which which they're um, undertaking at the moment and what's what's coming up in the future, and because we're able to um, look more broadly and widely across the horizon at what those are, and because we're also always talking with our our own um, customers around what they're looking for, we can also help shape some of that. So. Um, I, I think from a commissioner's perspective, just to just to summarise what I've just said, you, you might not know what you need to buy, but you know the outcomes that you want to achieve. And I think the next level of um, drilling down those outcomes is, t- is to get some more granular outcomes because that will then help define the kind of service that you want to buy. That's great. And thanks, James. And we're really excited to IC Care to be working with NRS on, on that journey as well. So we're, we're very... Uh, very thrilled to be working with you and have you here today. So the the word Luddite um, is a word that um, seems to crop up a a lot of the time. I guess there are some care organisations that are just so far behind. You know, we're we're always excited about the the leaders and things like that, but there are going to be people that are really going to be hard to get over the line. What's going to happen to their care facilities, care capabilities in the future then? 
everybody's on their own journey. So if, if we're talking about the, the kind of Luddite organisations, I suppose, um, I mean, hopefully they'll be listening to the podcast and think, oh, is that me? And uh, and wake up and have a conversation, reach out either to, to, to you, um, to ICK or to ourselves at NRS Healthcare. Um, and we're happy just to have a conversation about where you're at. We can help you do a, um, a bit of an analysis of what you've what, you, what your current offer is, um, where have you got gaps, and um, and also make some recommendations about what you could be doing to, to fill those gaps. I think it's probably fair to say as well that whatever digital strategy um, you create, it isn't a six-month strategy. You know, you're not going to see any major change very, very quickly. Um, with with, with organisations, you know, that we work with, um, and, and some now, when we've, we've been in this space now probably for nearly five years it's it's been a, a journey an evolutionary journey and you need to to work at the pace of the people in your organization certainly some things you can you can do and accelerate um introducing new technologies and giving people the opportunity to get excited about things and see better outcomes for the clients you can you can sometimes do quite quickly um but again with you know within any any workforce you've, you've got that almost like a bell curve haven't you as well of people that are you know that they are at that luddite end of things, and no matter what you do, they're probably not going to be on the same um, the same bus as you. And um, they might get on it later. Um, and then you're going to have people that you know, kind of kind of in the middle, and think, okay, well, here's another thing. Let's let's get get on and, and use that. That's the way things are now. And then, of course, you've got those innovators, haven't you, within organisations? So if you can if you can harness the power of of that enthusiasm and find out who those champions are and those people that want to do things differently and want to change the organisation, um, then, then uh, you know, identify them and get them to work with people as well that are, are maybe not quite in the same place. Show the benefits, talk about the stories, you know, what difference does, does what you're doing make to people. But for nearly a year, I worked in accident and emergency, and uh, that was as an occupational therapist, and that was, that was a fascinating um, insight. Um, and every day I would, I would turn up to work, and um, there would be people in accident and emergency, that, older people typically, have been brought in overnight, um, but a lot, most of them, probably fair to say, you know, were, were people that did have UTIs and they got confused and had, had had falls. And what had happened, of course, an ambulance had been called out, and next thing you know, they ended up in hospital. My job was to make sure they didn't actually get into hospital bed from there. You know, I had, I had to do something to, to make sure they, they went back home again. But actually, I'm sure for lots of those people, had there been systems in place, technology solutions in place that could have picked those things up earlier, they would never have had the experience of going into a hospital environment. Yeah, I mean, out- outcomes is you, you've hit the nail on the head. Of one of those outcomes is you, you know, ensure that ambulances pick up people only when required. We we've heard all about blockages of ambulances not being able to deliver their patients into A and E because of uh, you know the, the the challenges within the hospital environments. But um, so dig- having a digital strategy directly can correspond to ambulance call outs and the number of those and 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 you know reducing those those call outs or, or getting rid of false alarms even yeah i think i think it's absolutely right and when we're talking about a digital strategy for me it's not not just about thinking digital it's about thinking about a wider technology enabled care strategy which spans health housing and social care and with it within that it's about thinking not just about, you know, we, we, we talked earlier on about the analogue to digital transition. Sure, that's a trigger for, 
doing things differently and that has accelerated a lot of change i mean i've I've seen that over the last two or three years really as we move closer towards the end of 2025 when we no longer have analog phone lines but with with um the development of a strategy it's also about thinking what are the components that you need within a um within any kind of service that you might want to design because the, the strategy ought to be the foundation setting the direction of travel for the organization but there also be it ought to be informing what you need to do next and that's the plan so it's all it's very it's all very well having a strategy but alongside that you need a, a new kind of service design which is actually going to be the delivery vehicle for that um, and so within that it's not just thinking about the technology, but it might also be thinking about, for example, community responder services. So we all know the pressure that the ambulance services are under. We hear stories now of people waiting 18 hours, 24 hours or more even to be picked up from the floor after they've had a fall. Now, if, if you're a smart local authority or an NHS organisation, you might not want to be drawing on your ambulance services to fulfil those basic needs. We ought and should be thinking about um, accessing volunteer networks or should be thinking about commissioning specialist responder services which can go out you know certainly within the space of 45 minutes to an hour to go and do those well-being checks or to pick people up again get them back on their feet make sure they're warm and well and uh, they can get on with their lives and that's got you know and that will be informed by having technology in your home which will give you those alerts a lot of um the digital strategies it's really important to is is to not just look at uh, a part of an organisation as a silo, whether it's, you know, tech-enabled care shouldn't have a, a, a digital strategy that's independent of the adult mm-hmm. social care and ideally even include the local NHS, as you suggested, and, and all the other stakeholders. So we can't do these digital strategies in isolation. No, no, we can't do. And, I, I mean, for, for, for me, and I guess there are big opportunities now with the emergence of integrated um, health boards, and much more of a move, I think, so I'm hearing towards place-based commissioning, is how you bring those um, local place-based leaders together to set that direction of travel. So, and it's going to be different in different parts of the country. Some, some areas, um, you've, you've got absolutely integrated commissioning arrangements, and there are some really good examples of that, where you've got organisations coming together, setting their, their, their strategies, their thinking and their plans and articulating that together um, and co-designing those. And in other areas, you've got organisations which sit separately. And, and do you know what? That's okay, because that's just the way life is. Um, but if if you can look across a, a place-based level and make sure at least that those strategies are aligned and are working together towards the same sorts of aims, um, then there's there's a chance of being able to do some some more of this kind of innovative work together. So the interesting challenge now is we've we've got people who run tech-enabled care that are not necessarily involved in the adult social care or NHS. They've been working for 30 years with analogue solutions and now we're asking them to deliver a digital strategy. What do you suggest that they do? Well, they've, they've got some, some big challenges um, ahead. I mean, c- certainly any organisation, whether it's a, another provider organisation or... Um, a commissioning organisation, you know, come come and talk to us. Um, you can find us at nrshealthcare.com. Um, if you if you contact us through our, through our web page, then uh, you'll probably end up uh, with uh, getting access to to me and uh, my colleagues, and then we can we can um, start those conversations with you. Um, 
just just happy to have a chat about where you're at with things and if there's anything that we can do to help and support you with that. As members of the the um, Tech Services Association, the TSA, um, as I know, to IC Care are as well. Um, both um, with tech quality accreditation, you know, we've 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 all had to jump through lots of hoops and loops to show that we're good at what we're doing and that we we maintain um, um, a certain set of quality standards. You know, we're happy to share that expertise with you because that's that's good for technology across the whole sector. And, and for me, one of the things that's really important is there isn't any one organisation that can do this alone. No one provider organisation for me. There's got to be collaboration between different tech providers as well. So it's it certainly, and that's why I enjoy working in the space that I'm in, is because we can work with a range of different organisations. Um, you look for the best of the best, the best in class, um, and you can work together and you can learn from one another. Um, there isn't, there's, there's no benefit in you know kind of trying to keep everything closed down and uh, keep all the secrets to yourself and locked systems that aren't interoperable um, in order to to get the best outcomes for people and in order for us to to really accelerate what we're doing uh, and, and be seen as a mainstream care or health service option we've, we've got to be working together yeah so james let, in conclusion we've talked about all of the this uh this digital strategy what are the the practical things that would be included in a digital strategy yeah so i mean obviously a, a digital strategy needs to be kind of um within the context of your own organisation, but the sorts of things that you, you certainly would want to include, just some really practical things, almost like some, some headers, if you like, and would be thinking about um, a bit of an analysis of, of what you've got, all the requirements at the moment, so thinking about what your local population is and what it looks like, and there's lots of sources you can go to for that. Consider the, the local political um, implications, um, and, and, and there might be some other legal or legislative um, requirements that you need to consider what's the sort of the, the health and social care landscape looking like at the moment what are your local challenges almost what's what's what are your problems now and why do you need um, a solution and is that a technology solution or is it some other things um, you certainly want to do a review of your current service provision what's available to, to people um, at the moment and then also a bit of a resource analysis as well so um, what, you know, how much are you currently spending? How much do you need to spend? Is, is your money that you're spending um, on care and support services in the right place at the moment? Um, and as an organisation, if you're a provider organisation, you know, where are you prioritising your spending? Is, is technology a key part of your offer? Have you got the, the capability to invest in what you need to for the future in order to be able to actually deliver a really top-notch um, digital service? Um, and then I think as well, if you're thinking about um, a digital or a technology strategy think not just about um, you know one strand I think you need to think across health housing and social care um, might want mm -hmm. to consider as well the voluntary sector within that and how can technology be used within um, voluntary sector or community-based services and when you're the, the other thing is you're, you're going through this process of thinking about what a strategy looks like is who do you involve who are your stakeholders um, certainly don't don't have a team or an individual sitting in a locked room writing it because do you know what it'll be a rubbish strategy um, what you need to do is involve people get them get them on the journey with that so that they actually own the strategy so think about who your stakeholders are so earlier on I talked about having um, people that actually might use those services so in, in, involve the public um, you might have some experts by experience you might have some people that are really really hot on wanting to get involved uh, and co-produce that strategy with you so so talk to them 
you might want to talk to your local health watch organization or other community engagement or involvement organizations you know how can they get involved because they'll have a wealth of insight about what's working what isn't working in health services at the moment i'll give you some 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 ideas and certainly involve um practitioners involve um your, your local leaders because they've got to really own the strategy and sign it off um, and, the, and the other thing is make sure that whatever your digital strategy is, that it's aligned with other strategies that are also in that in that kind of place-based area. So um, what you don't want to be doing is having a strategy which which conflicts with uh, with others. Make sure that it's in alignment, and uh, and that might mean you need to go back uh, and revisit some of your other strategies as well if they're out of date. But certainly having kind of a strategic alignment with others is is really important. So there's a, there's a few things to think about. Um, and then there's no point having a strategy without a plan. So certainly some uh, a plan with some milestones is is going to be really important because there are some some cliff edges. The um, the analog to digital switchover is happening right now. Um, analog phone lines are being turned off. So there's a driver at the end of 2025. But don't just think about the end of 2025 because. Um, do you know what? There's a 2026 and a 2027, and uh, you know what? What's your health and social care digital offering going to look like in 10 years' time? And what are people going to be expecting and demanding of you? You know, what do they want to buy? What do they want to use? What's going to be acceptable for them? And what are their expectations? So, James, in short, I think what you're saying is get some help. Get some help. You're absolutely right. Uh, 2025 is the st- probably the start of some people's journey, not the end of it. And it's really important that people are thinking beyond 2025. Um, right well we don't have any more time for that so thank you very much for joining us it was very much appreciated and thank you to our listeners for this episode of caring for the future i hope to catch up with you next time and we'll be asking whether care leaders should be thinking beyond 2025 have a great rest of your week (laughs) 